0: Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's the Harland Highway. A little country twang to that, right? Square dancy. Uh welcome everyone. I'm Harland Williams, and this is the Harland Highway podcast. Thank you for uh riding along with me. I do appreciate it. Uh interesting show today. We're gonna be taking a lot of your phone calls and answering some of your questions. One of them, one of them gets a little deep and and serious and, and uh, you know. It was kind of like one of the pavement pounders was like, Harlan, help me. What would you do? So I kind of went into great detail with this this phone call. And uh, that's kind of towards the top of the show. And then later on in the show, uh, we have a very interesting phone call. where well, One of the pavement pounders makes a suggestion. And this could be the worst day of my life. Dr. Ascot and Campfire Timmy show up. And turn my studio upside down. It's just, it's nightmarish. Wait till you hear what happens. And then at the end, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, one of the questions of the day that I had recently about feeling guilty about stealing soda pop or topping off the soda pop in your cup. Well, someone brought me out of my guilt. His name's Fat-Ass Freddy or something like that. So here we go. Let's do it. This is the Harland Highway. Sit down, strap in, and tighten your diaper. Come here, baby. You're about to go down the Harland Highway.
1: No! I didn't bargain for this. Oh, yes. You did. Chicka, chicka, chaw, chicka, chicka, chow, main, baby. And the creature from Alice Bay. Please don't stop. I got a beaded, ugly thing. Magnificent performance. This is the Harlan Highway. I hate you. Well, that's the way it goes. <laughs>
0: what do you say? We get down to business.
1: just a fan of yours, and I had a question. I was at a party recently, and uh, I was speaking at length with a person I met at this party. Uh, I've never met him before, but um, we were talking at this um, social gathering, and he starts he's a 35-year-old man, and uh, through the course of our discussion, he's telling me some of the issues he's been having in his life. Uh, Religiously speaking, he, he was saying how you know, he, he was finding Buddhism really interesting, but he was having a difficult time um, co-mingling with the other people at, at the uh, temple or, or he was saying it was the temple he was coming to or something. And then he was explaining some other issues that he had where he wasn't getting along with people. And then at the, at the end of the discussion, uh, I felt like this was people was having a couple of drinks. So it's like he must have uh, Pretty comfortable with the environment. And he was, he started to say that he was a cross dresser and that one time he was on the bus and some people were harassing him for wearing women's gloves. And he was explaining how, you know, he was couldn't understand why people were harassing him or whatever it may be. And, um, you know, when he said that, uh, my first instinct. Was to say, I and mean, this is, and I did end up saying it. I just said, "Oh well, you know, do whatever you want to do, uh, you know, there's nobody, you know, I I shouldn't nobody should judge you for that, you know." But and and I've been thinking about it ever since, and it's been bugging me because after everything he told me about this, this recent encounters, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is the guy who has a clear identity crisis issue. And all I said to him after everything he told me about himself was, do whatever you want. What are you going to do? You know, and, and i thinking to myself, like, I wonder if there anybody who's ever told him that maybe he should consider seeing the therapist, or, I mean, this is a guy who's got a lot of issues. So, and I just wonder, if, if everybody just kind of brushed it off because they're afraid to say something that might be a little edgy or something uncomfortable, like, you know, I don't know. I, I I wonder now if maybe I should have said something else. And I just wonder, have you ever been in a situation like this, or how would you handle that? I love your show, man. Chicken chow mein.
0: Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. I think we've all been in this situation, okay? I think we've all been in a situation where, We've met a stranger or a friend of a friend, and they kind of spoke up and maybe revealed too much, or maybe they were just completely comfortable with what they were talking about. And, and it was maybe a topic that was controversial, or a topic that was even taboo, or a topic that was uncomfortable, whatever. Whatever. And they started talking about it, and you were kind of a bit taken aback because it was, uh, you know, put you out of your comfort zone. It's maybe a topic you're not familiar with, or maybe you're very opinionated about, or you're not sure about. Either way, there's some confusion, right? And you're not sure how to, it's not like, hey, how's the weather? Well, it's sunny and warm. You know, there's easy conversations, and then there's tough ones and we've all been confronted with these ones and it sounds like you were in a situation where you kind of gave a very generic answer to avoid really connecting with this person and and i'm not 100% sure if this person was directly asking you your opinion or they were just pontificating about you know their their life and their situations and We're kind of waiting for you to respond and comment on it. And unfortunately, in today's world, because there's so much political correctness, and I think people might be oversensitive and don't want to hear the truth a lot, it's hard to give an answer that comes from the heart. It's hard to give an answer that's engaging because you're... Your head is so full of all these, these uh, you know societal injected parameters that you will constantly edit yourself as you're giving the answer to the point where it's not really you answering. You see what I'm saying? You you're giving answers based on tidbits. That you've heard along the way. You're giving the answers that society has kind of dictated that you're supposed to give. It's rare that someone just gives a a raw, brutal answer. Just straight from the gut. And unfortunately, many of us have been programmed, without even really knowing it, which is even sadder, we've been conditioned and even brainwashed to a degree to give the answer that's acceptable. To give the answer that fits the narrative. To give the answer that perhaps the person is actually looking for. Because to not give the right answer, you know, shines the light on you and you can be labeled. You can be labeled as opinionated or racist or homophobic or who knows what. Insensitive, incaring. And suddenly, people who want to offer up sincere conversation and sincere opinions to questions they are asked. And let's not forget, when you're asked something, the floodgates are open. If someone doesn't want to hear your opinion, they should not ask you your opinion or ask you for advice or ask you what you think. And so we dance around a lot of things very trepidatiously And sadly, we shortchange ourselves because, you know, a lot of times the truth or other people's opinions, whether they be right or wrong, uh, aren't comfortable. And I don't know if in your situation here, if this person was kind of, it sounded like maybe they were kind of reaching out or crying out, like, They sounded confused about religion. It sounded like, as you stated, they're a bit confused about their sexuality. And and maybe they were looking for some kind of sincere, honest feedback. Maybe some type of guidance or even, even just an opinion so they could balance it against their own mindset, you know? And so what happens is when we censor ourselves like this and when we pull back and shortchange ourselves from engaging and getting into interesting, passionate, controversial conversations. We just uh, walk away from it, and I sense this with you, my, my faithful pavement pounder, you, you, you walked away feeling a bit empty. You walked away feeling like a bit of a druid. You know, like those, those guys on, on uh, Star Wars. You know, just another faceless person without their own point of view, without their own expressive thought. Except the difference between a druid and you is that you're full of your own point of view and your expressive thought. We all are. But we've, we've created this hor- horrific society where we're really not allowed to express anything are really not allowed to engage and, and talk about things. And for all I know, you might have had some thoughts that might have helped this person. Maybe guided this person. Or the opposite, you might have completely insulted this person and sent them over the edge. But that doesn't matter. People should be allowed to engage and, you know, walk away from a conversation or take little nuggets from it or reject it vehemently. Or accept it wholeheartedly. But we don't even give each other the chance to go there anymore. And And this isn't just with people in public. I find this is a lot in tight social groups. Where you're with friends. I've seen this. I've witnessed this. Where even friends, close friends, are concerned about opening up and expressing opinions. And letting their thoughts and feelings be known. In fact, maybe you're guilty of it. Have you ever been on a long road trip with a buddy or, you know, sitting in a restaurant and some, some you know, interesting or tough topics come up and you're, you're dancing around it. You don't really want to engage or you're fearful of speaking your mind. And, uh, and yet it leaves us feeling uh, unfulfilled and the reason for that is in my opinion is because we, we are beings that are so capable of connecting and we when we connect we feel so full we feel so uh, accomplished we feel we we feel like we have meaning when we really truly connect deeply with other human beings and have deep below the surface conversations that are stimulating and and move the needle to a degree. Or even even get to you know someone's mind thinking. But in today's world, a lot of people hide behind the internet and they, they have these conversations from a safe place where they don't have to look anyone in the eye or or stand next to them and be uncomfortable. A lot of these, these people are now expressing their, their deeper thoughts, if you can call them deep. Sometimes they're just violent, and sometimes they're just obnoxious. But they feel empowered to let these these thoughts filter into the internet because because they don't have to engage. And I could sense from your voicemail, my friend, that you felt a little regretful that you 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 laid in bed at night and, and you're like, why didn't I talk to that guy? Why didn't I? offer him anything why did i just give him the bullshit generic answer oh well do what you want to do buddy you know so here's what i do when i'm when i'm in these situations you got to be careful cuz sometimes people will bait you sometimes people will ask you questions to pull you in to an argument or begin a conversation that that goes off the rails or or pull you in because they know they can label you. But, but very often, you know, most, most conversations begin from a sincere place. But always be careful of the baiters. But this sounded like it was a complete stranger. You met at a social function. So therefore, it, there was an innocence to it. I don't think this, this gentleman was baiting you. But sometimes because, you know, you may never see this person again, so you, you've got this, this conundrum, how invested do I want to get in this person's religion and sexuality? I'll, I'm never going to see them again, so should I? And and that's sincere. You know, you might not want to get heavy with someone that you, you you will never see again. But then the other side is you might go, well, maybe maybe I'm one of those inspirations that... that Floats on the wind. Maybe I'm one of those chance encounters that this person, you know, just happened to ask me and I offered up a nugget of wisdom and it impacted them for the rest of their lives and and forever the wonder, who was that guy I met at that party? Because he said something that had so much clarity and it resonated with me so deeply. It it changed the way I thought and the way I approached life and, and certain things in life. So sometimes you got to look at from that point of view. If you sense someone's in need and they're kind of reaching out, they're asking for your help, you can you can maybe be courageous and lay down your thoughts. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll test the water. Like sometimes, let's say if the guy said, oh, well, sometimes I like to cross dress. Well, instead of lecturing him or going on too deep, go, I'll go, oh, why do you like to do it? You know, I'll, I'll go a little, I'll, 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 I'll go through the door a little bit. And that way he has to offer up a little more information. And then maybe I'll go, well where do you do it? And and then you know, maybe I'll go a little deeper and then you know, if I see how he reacts that he's able to handle it or he's he he he's engaged and he wants more. You know, a a a conversation is is like like a movie. It it has flow and it has a beginning, a middle and, and an end or just a crazy like shitty movie that that has makes no sense but if you feel your conversation slash movie is going well you you know you can kind of inch your way into it and go deeper and decide when you want to cut it off the other approach is just to you know some people just get passionate say well you know what i think blah 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 blah, blah," and the thing and i have a friend and they and they just they just charge through the wall with it right and they just kind of blather you know So just just always keep in mind, and I'll I'll wrap this up because it's a bit of a long answer. I apologize. But half of a conversation is listening. So, you know, a lot of times you don't have to, uh, you can engage someone and prompt them to open up a bit more. But a lot of times, you know, you don't have to be the one, you know, perpetuating the conversation. Instead of saying, oh, well, this is what I think, you can kind of lay out some tidbits that brings the person you're talking to out more. You can, in other words, lay little verbal breadcrumbs that goads them along to, you know, let them divulge more of themselves. And then in a way, you're letting them talk and kind of, uh, you know, Turn you into an, an a listening ear, and maybe just by talking, they they kind of uh, self psychoanalyze themselves. And so, just you know, listening, being a good listener is just as good as being a big talker, a good talker. So, so I don't know. I I, 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 I you know I wouldn't get too down on yourself because, like I said, it's a very delicate. Uh, matter when you decide to jump in on somebody else's intimate life i'll just go over the the bullet points uh you know always remember who it is decide how invested you want to be are you ever going to see this person again or if you have some kernels of wisdom that you think might help them or inspire them in passing you can drop those or, you can just kind of probe a little deeper and talk and get a conversation going where you don't necessarily have to drop your opinion, but sometimes it's just as satisfactory to bring the content of a subject out and talk about it without being judgmental and you know you can talk for for ten minutes about cross dressing. But maybe you can learn from it instead of going, well, I think it's weird and I think you could go, oh, well, you know, I I didn't really understand that side of it. I wasn't aware of that's how it kind of worked. I, I didn't realize people like yourself carried those kind of feelings. And so one should always be open to uh, learning from the conversation. And sometimes you can learn by not being afraid and engaging in a conversation. And, and not being afraid to, to go deeper and ask and probe and stimulate the other person. So there you go, man. God. I feel like Dr. Ascot all of a sudden. Good good God. Um, But I shouldn't even say that guy's name. We don't want that. For, you know, last thing we want is, is <laughs> psychoanalytical talk from that idiot. So thank you for your call. And I hope that helps, man. And (laughs) it's quite a long answer. Sometimes I just, you know, I like to be thorough. I like to, I like to, I hope I don't sound repetitive, but I like to get in there and kind of turn over every thought that's in my head that, that helps, you know, paint the picture as clearly as I'm seeing it in my head. So (laughs) you guys have to let me know if I'm too long winded. Because that was like a 15 minute answer, for God's sakes. You might have to- tuned out already. I don't know. I hope not, but maybe that's the conversation I need to have with you guys. It's sensitive, it's tough, but am I too long winded? Somebody tell me, talk to me, listen to me. Why are you going? Come back. I asked you. I want to know. All right, let's, uh, let's move on, baby.
1: Hello? Harlan, hey. Man, I just listened to your episode with, uh, with that kid, Campfire Timmy. Man, that kid has got problems, Harlan. Uh, it, it's, it's really bringing your podcast down. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that kid needs to talk to somebody. I think he needs some help. It might be good to have an on-air uh, therapy session. Campfire Timmy with uh with old Doctor Ascot. I think Doctor Ascot could help him. Maybe if he can keep his cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just a suggestion.
0: Oh God, no! I just we we just talked about Doctor Ascot. No, that that will not happen. I'm not I'm not putting Doctor Ascot and Timmy the campfire kid in the same room. Are you kidding me? Wait, what the hell? What the? No, 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 no. Hello, Arland. What the? When did you get in here? Well, you were busy on your microphone, Arland. I slipped in the back door, shall we say. Good Lord. You startled me, man. I'm sorry, Arland, but there's much work to be done. No, I don't have time for a therapy session right now. I'm in the middle of my podcast, okay? No. It's not for you, Arland. What do you mean, it's not for me? I brought a friend. He's standing in the shadows over in the corner. What do you mean, some, standing in the shadows? Who the hell? Come on out, Timmy. No, no, no. Hi. Oh, God. Oh, God, What? Oh, God, what? your The crust on your, on the sides of your lips? From when you probably sucked a crab sandwich at a seafood shanty? Kid, I don't suck crab sandwiches. I'll bet you do. I'll bet you suck the meat out of a lobster's ass, too. Stop! Okay, Ascot? Holland. I don't want him or you in here. Holland. Stop saying my name. You're going to give me a heart attack. Holland. Oh, my God. This is my worst nightmare come true. Your crusty teeth are my worst nightmare. I mean, God, how yellow is yellow? What are your teeth? Members of the Simpsons family? Shut up, kid. Up yours, crab face, cruckle fuck. I'm not a crab face, cruckle fuck. You are in my book. And my book's only one page long. And guess what it's called? What? Crabface Crucklefuck. Stop it. Everybody settle down. Ascot, why are you wearing a derby hat? Holland. Well, it looks like you got a little derby hat on. And are you serious? Purple socks? Holland, let's focus on Timmy the Campfire Boy. What do you mean, focus on Timmy? I think it's time maybe I did a therapy session with the child. A what? A therapy session. I don't know what that is, but both of you perverts can go lay down on the shore of a lake and suck lake water. Jimmy. What? Don't be rude, me. I'm not being rude. I'm being honest. And While you're at it, why don't you... Suck a speckled trout's eyes out of its face. Jimmy. See, see, Ascot, this is the kind of moron stuff I I deal with. Holland. Don't. Do your thing. If you're going to, maybe this kid does need help. I don't need help. You need help. Why don't you pull your shoelaces out and tie them around your eyelashes and hang from the ceiling with your eyes? Kid. Holland. Stop, Timmy! Holland. What? Holland. Timmy! Holland. What? Holland. Timmy! Stop, stop, everyone, stop! I'd like to stop. I'd like to get a time machine and stop time and throw you through a black hole so you landed in a oatmeal field. Ascot, get to this kid. I don't wanna hear any more insults from him. All right, Timmy, why don't you sit down? Why don't you sit on my face, creep? Timmy. God, purple socks and a derby hat. What are you, locked in time in a Disney movie, freak? Timmy. How do you like it, Ascot? Holland. What? Timmy. Uh, Hurry up. Timmy, I want to ask you why you write your songs. What do you mean? That's what I do. I'm I'm gifted. I write campfire songs. I know, but I've talked on many occasions with Harland during a therapy session, and he seems to be very anguished by your songs, Timmy. Well, that's because he doesn't know good music when he hears it. The only music he hears is probably when his bedboard's banging against the wall, when his construction worker friends are... Mike, cut it out! Jimmy. Well, it's probably true. Jimmy. You've got a creepy voice, mister. What about my songs? Why do you write songs that upset Holland? I don't know. I just write campfire songs because I love the outdoors and I love camping and I love trees and leaves and all kinds of camping activities. Well, Timmy, why don't you sing one of your songs for... Oh, no, no, I don't want him to sing a song. Shut up, garble barble. I'm not a garble barble. You sure look like one. Timmy, what is a garble barble? It's the little dingle nut that... Dangles on your asshole after you do a chicken chow mein clam bake turd. Jimmy. What the hell is going on here? What? what? Holland. Well, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and you go at it. Yeah, I'll bet you'll sit there. Why don't you lay a turkey egg and crack it over your sister's fat forehead? And suck the yolk out of her eyes. Not not jumping in. Keep going. Timmy, let's try and control the insults. Okay. How about you? Nice nose hairs coming out of your nose. What did you, snorting family of Ewoks? Timmy, sing one of your songs. Okay. Here it is. What is it, Timmy? Um, it's a campfire song. Okay, does it have a name, Timmy? Um, yes? Okay, what is it, Timmy? It's called... Let's all roast the wiener! Okay, Timmy. Go ahead. This should be rich. Shut up! Timmy? Okay! Let me get my guitar! Here we go! (laughs) Oh, let's roast a wiener. Let's roast a wiener all night long. Let's roast a wiener and sing a fire camp song. Roast a wiener over the flame. It's plump, it's juicy, it's smoking again. Oh, let's roast the wiener over the campfire coals. The wiener is plump, it's sweaty and it's plump it's juicy and it's plump it's sweaty and it's plump bullets suck the wiener okay timmy i think we've heard enough suck it all night long suck your campfire wiener suck that giant batting ding dong oh 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 suck your campfire wiener suck may stomp it, Timmy. I told you, Ascot. Suck your campfire wiener, huh? That's right. Why don't you? Timmy, um... Yes? Uh. Go ahead, Ascot. Psychoanalyze the kid. Uh, does anyone mind if I step out and use the men's room? Why don't you take him with you? He likes men. Timmy! Shut up! Uh, I've got to get going. Wait, do you, what do you mean you've got to get going? You're, not, you're bailing, aren't you, Ascot? Uh, no, I just I need to put some money in the meter, Holland. No, you're skipping out. You never left one of my sessions, but you leave this stupid kid's session? I'm not stupid, pumpkin pie face. Why don't you go to a, a bat cave and scrape your eyes with bat feet and, so you have bat claw stains on your eyes? See? Get out i'll be back shortly gentlemen where are you going ascot don't leave me alone with this idiot thank you for everything thank you timmy wait go up. Oh, come back come well it looks like it's me and you how about a campfire song mr williams timmy timmy i no 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 here we go this one's called no i don't want to hear a campfire song this one's called Let's Build a Log Cabin in the Woods. Oh, let's build a log cabin in the woods. Oh, put it up, put it up, put it up. Where are you going? Hello? What? Hello? Where is everyone? What the, what the fuck? Where? Let's build a log cabin. Let's build it in the woods. Yes, we will. Put in a window, a window or two, and we can look at the woods. Hello? Hello? Oh, suck your campfire reader. Suck until it makes you turn blue. Hello? What's this button do? Whoa.
1: whoa. For my feminine itching, I depend on Vagisil cream to stop it instantly. And for a painful burning itch, I get Maximum Strength Vagisil for even stronger relief. There's Vagisil cream and Maximum Strength. Are, are
0: we back up and running, Roger? Yeah, the idiot. No, he she hit the main power button and shut everything down for like half an hour. Okay, we're all we're all good. We're we're up and running. Okay, Roger's giving me the thumbs up. Sorry there, folks. We uh the idiot kid just he he started touching the I left the room. I couldn't take it. Dr. Ascot even bailed on that moron and the kid hit our power and whatever. We are back. Oh my god. Dude, you know what, Roger? I I can't end the show on this. Can we take one more phone call and then we'll we'll get out. Let's end on something other than what we just heard. Yeah, play another phone call.
1: Yeah, hold on. This is uh, Frankie Fat-Ass. Just calling in from a podcast I heard uh, about a few days ago. You were uh, saying that you felt cheap when you fell your McDonald's soda cup all the way to the top. Well, I got one better for you. When I was in my early 20s, I was lazy and broke. I used to go to the McDonald's drive through my girlfriend, she would drive. McDonald's wouldn't charge you for a cup of water at this point. We just order a cup of water, maybe a hamburger or two. Then I grabbed a cup of water from her, parked in the parking lot. I dumped the water out and walk inside to the self-serve soda station and fill my cup up with that sweet, sweet nectar of the gods, that sweet, sweet Coke. So don't feel so bad, Arla. I'll be a lot cheaper. Take it easy, man.
0: the pocket. All right. Thank you uh Frankie Fatass.
1: This is uh Frankie Fatass.
0: Yeah, Frankie Fatass. I did a uh, I did a podcast uh, a little little ways back where I talked about uh, you know feeling guilty about topping off my my soda pop at the uh, soda pop machines at the at the uh, fast food restaurants. you know, I felt kind of guilty that you know, you'd get it right towards, uh, right towards the the top, but there'd still be that little space, so you you kind of keep tapping the the dispenser until it kind of, until it, it levels off. But uh, thank you for making me feel not guilty. It sounds like you you went a step further and you'd go right in the store, and you know, I, for lack of a better term, steal. Now, here's the difference. What I was doing was, was filling my cup with what I, was, what I paid for. So I was just trying to make sure I got my money's worth. But what you were doing, my friend, and I know you know this, you were committing a crime. You were committing a soda pop crime. You were, you were not topping your, your cup off. You were taking a cup that was supposed to contain water, dumping it out, sneaking back into, not even sneaking, walking blatantly back into the fast food joint, and filling said water cup with soda pop. So you were being cheap, but you were also being criminal. A double whammy, my friend, Frankie Fatass.
1: Frankie fat Ass.
0: So, in a way, Frankie Fatass, you have succeeded in alleviating my guilt. Not my guilt for, you know, topping off my soda pop. But I guess I don't feel as guilty now next to you, soda pop thief. So because you are so guilty, right? Let's be honest. You went in and stole something you didn't pay for. Which it kind of goes beyond cheap. So now, now I don't feel as cheap because you did something that was deeper than cheap. So now I don't feel so cheap. So Frankie Fat Ass, because of your criminal activity, you, you have you have lifted me up out of my guilt about topping off my cup. Thank you, thank you for your criminality. Thank you for your soda pop thievery. <laughs> You know, I think you're you're not the only one who does that, man. I think a lot of people do that. And you know what that the, the truth is, I mean, you know, let okay, here's here's the dad in me. We should never steal. We should never steal, boys and girls. But the reality is, you know, you're allowed to go and refill your cup as much as you want when you if you're in the store. And let's be honest—that that's where they make their killing. I mean, this is just liquid sugar. They're they're basically injecting syrup into carbonated water. So, you know, if you pay two dollars for a for a Coke, it probably costs the fast food place about three cents. So even though you did a no-no, Frankie fat ass. Frankie fat ass. It wasn't the worst crime committed against humanity, okay? And I get it. You, you you laid it out there. You said you were going through some tough times. You were broke. You didn't have a job. You didn't have a couple of bucks in your pocket. I, I think we're, we're all guilty. Let he who is without sin cast the first soda cup. I think all of us in times of desperation, in times of need have, you know, done little things to keep ourselves alive? I mean, do you remember when you were in college or high school and you had no money in your pocket and you'd have to go shopping at the grocery store? How many of you would, like, you know, pop a grape in your mouth or, uh, you know, take take a bite of some candy that was in the candy bin or, you know... Maybe even drink a soda while you're walking up and down the aisles and then put the empty bottle back on the shelf. Uh Uh-huh. I remember I did it once just so you don't feel so bad, Frankie Fat-Ass. Frankie Fat-Ass. I I remember taking my little sister. She was probably like three years old. And I was babysitting her and we went up to the mall and I put her in the, the front basket of a shopping cart and you know, I didn't have any money. I was only—I was probably only twelve or thirteen myself. I'm taking care of my little baby sister, and I put her in the front of the shopping cart. And I walked up and down the aisles pretending I was shopping. But one of the first things I picked up was a little carton of chocolate milk. Oh, I love chocolate milk. Oh. And what I did is, I as I shook it and I opened it, and then I put it in her little baby hands. You know, three or four years old, and then you know every so often I'd take it from her and I'd glub glug down like three or four gulps. I'm like, <laughs> and then I put it back in her hands. You know, kind of my strategy was, oh, if if any of the uh, the, the guys who worked at the uh, store set saw me or saw her, I could just go, oh, what, oh. <sighs> My little baby, the baby opened it. The baby opened it. I'm sorry. You know babies. They don't even know. They don't know about money. They're babies. I didn't even notice. I was so busy shopping. I didn't notice she opened it and it's half gone. Like that was literally my criminal game plan. That was my, and it actually worked. I only did it once. I don't even think my little sister's aware that she was in on this crime. She was an accomplice. But I drank one of those small cartons of chocolate milk and she was like my, she was like my, my Ponzi, you know? She was, no, she was my, uh, what what do you call it? I don't know, she was my, uh, my partner in crime, my floozy, no, not a floozy, what is it? It's uh, my crony, she was my crony. She was in on it, but she didn't even know it. So there you go, uh, fat ass Freddy.
1: That
0: is. so sorry frankie fat ass um so there it is we i think we got all our guilt out thank you for the calls everyone today's show mostly revolved around your phone calls except for that horrific therapy session where campfire timmy knocked us off the air for like 45 minutes good lord uh so we'll leave it there um let's see what kind of announcements do i have for you people You Frankie fat asses. Uh, This weekend, man. Yes, catch me at the Brea Improv. It's just outside of Los Angeles in the city of Brea. I will be doing stand-up comedy there June 15th to the 18th. Going to be a great show. Uh, And then the following week. uh, Yes, indeed, June 22nd. I will be at uh, I will be at uh, the Irvine Improv in Orange County, California, shooting my special for Carmel Corn the Pug. I'm gonna shoot my whole special as a dog. So if you want to get tickets to come and see that fiasco, uh, it's gonna be bizarre and weird and twisted. But uh, you can get tickets at harlowilliams.com for the Carmel Corn the Pug taping on june 22nd or uh the brea improv june 15th to the 18th all right so there you go also while you're at the uh, website you can write me at com. you can you can phone me we have a phone number 323-739-4330 uh, and you can leave a message like, like, uh, fat ass Freddie did Frankie fat ass. F- Frankie fat ass. apologies. Um, maybe are the reason you're a fat ass Frankie is cause you, you stole so much soda and you drank it and you got a fat ass bud. There you see, you're paying for your crime, man. That's karma. What goes around comes around Frankie fat ass. You're burned, bro. You're burned um also don't forget to get our uh, free app it's on your cell phone the harland highway uh app just type it in in your uh, app store and download for free you get the the 50 latest episodes of the podcast absolutely free and if you want the whole collection we're coming up on a thousand episodes can you believe it Uh, you can, uh, you can, uh, buy, get that for $20 a year, join the premium membership at harlanwilliams.com. And also I do some bonus material from time to time I put up there for you guys and it's all good. So, uh, check out our store at harlanwilliams.com. Don't forget to watch my show puppy dog pals on the Disney channel. If you have kids. Even if you're adults, I think you'll enjoy it. Don't forget to download my new uh, rock and roll record, uh, Rattlesnake Love by The Cousins, me and my cousin Kevin from the Naked Ladies. We, uh, we put a new album out on iTunes called Rattlesnake Love. People seem to really be enjoying it, so I hope you download some of the songs or all of them, whatever you desire. And that's it, man. We'll, uh, we'll leave it right there. And uh, thank you for being here. Tell your friends to get on the Harland Highway. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. Nice nose hairs coming out of your nose.
1: What did you snort in family of Ewoks?